0: I'm Jessica Peresta, host of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday, wherever in the world you may be, whether it's Saturday morning, Saturday evening, or you're maybe well into Sunday, wherever in the world, as usual. Thank you so much for making My EdTech Life part of your day. As always, I am thankful for all of your support. Thank you so much for sharing our podcast. Thank you so much for sharing our videos, our clips, for following us on social media. That really means a lot to us and all of those wonderful reviews. Thank you so much. As always, we strive for excellence and bringing you some of the best content that is out there to inspire you, to help you innovate. And most importantly, as always, our mission and vision and passion to connect the education world, whether you're an educator, education professional, along with the creator world, one show at a time. And I am excited about today because. Our guests or my guests today, I should say, are not only wonderful educators, they are now education professionals, but they are also amazing creators, as you will see what it is that they're creating for the world to take part of. So I'm just really excited to welcome back to the show for the second time, the amazing and wonderful E Twins. How are you all this morning?
2: Hello. uh, This time in English. Uh, First time was in Spanish. Now we've switched to English. Um, So I'm Mario. I'm Alberto. And as you can see, we are twins. Uh, We were teachers and now we have made the transition to full-time consultants. And we're super excited to be here and for this new stage of our
0: life. Right now we are in Spain, so it is 4 p.m. here. Uh, it's, It's the time. Uh, (laughs) So it's going to be, it's going to be great. We're super excited
1: to be here. So thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We've got, uh, Dr. Matthew Joseph joining us. He tells you all to crush it. And we've got Melissa Summerford, also fellow Google innovator. Thank you so much for joining. And of course, uh, oh, here we go. It says here, it is fun making the change. There you go. All right. Well, Melissa, well, thank you so much. As always, and of course, yes, the first show was in Spanish this next show, we're doing it in English. And that's the beautiful part about language, which is something that we will get into a little later with the E-Twins. But before we start, um, you know, for all our guests, maybe some of them may not be aware yet of the wonderful work that you're doing or, you know, follow you on Twitter or on Instagram, as many educators are now starting to see the value of social media to connect. Can you please tell us just a little bit of a background, you know, as far as your context in education, and then of course we'll get into what you're currently doing. So we'll go ahead and start with uh, Mario this time. So Mario, tell us a little bit about the background of the (laughs) E-Twins. So, um, so we graduated from
2: college in Spain. Uh, like many years ago, well, 10 years ago-ish. So graduated from college. And after that, we uh, got an opportunity that is pretty much like a grant, like a scholarship that uh, we could do our practicum in USA. So like- It was like an internship. It was like an internship. So we did our internship in Utah. And after that, we got hired. And we got hired as um Spanish teachers in a Spanish immersion program. So that means that we used to teach every single subject in Spanish, like math, science, uh, history, Spanish, of course, all of that, <laughs> that, uh, that would be weird. Yeah. yeah. That'd be weird if we taught Spanish in English, but yeah. Um, so, uh, and then like, uh, we started our career in, in Utah and then, um, with the years, you know, over the years, we started to receive uh, awards and we started to receive a lot of permissions. So we were like, okay, maybe, you know, what we are doing here, it's great. <laughs> and maybe we can share all of this with with other people. So we
0: realized that we have something to share with other people uh, to help them to to grow as educators. That's why uh, we founded the e uh, a consulting firm like three, four years ago. I read it and we started
2: to share our passion with the world. And then, um, the consulting part started to grow a lot. And then we ended up having two full-time jobs. So we decided to, to make a decision that it wasn't sustainable working 12, 14 hours per day. So we needed to make a decision and we made the decision to make that transition.
1: Excellent. That is wonderful. And you know, for myself, you know, seeing you all on social media, And, uh, you know, the great things that you were doing, I had no idea you were doing both at one time. And because, I mean, I would see the great things that you were doing in the classroom and then, of course, seeing you all at presentations. And, of course, when we went virtual, I mean, I was seeing you everywhere and the great things that you're doing. But, you know, I'm very happy for you. And as that growth, that experience that you had, that journey that you had coming in from Spain working in Utah and just, you know, bringing that knowledge here, gaining some more knowledge. And now just sending it out there and putting it out there for everybody has been wonderful. And I'm really excited, too, that I had the honor and the pleasure to meet you in real life at TCEA last year in February. And it was just an amazing experience because I just want to say to anybody that's going to be listening to the show that The way that you are right now is the way that you are with everybody in person, just authentic and genuine. And that really, it means a lot that, you know, you are the same when I interview you and you are the same in person, because oftentimes, you know, it's it's two different worlds. Sometimes it's two different personas. But thank you so much for just being authentic and genuine and for your passion for education and bringing all those wonderful uh, programs and projects that you do. And of course, the advocacy that you're doing. So I'm really excited about that. So right now, uh, you know, you were telling me, and I just want to, you know, dig in a little deeper uh, because right now, like you said, you are currently in Spain and it's siesta time, you know, (laughs) uh, currently right now, you were telling me you're in a small little town, you know, Uh, tell me a little bit about how that transition is or actually how does it feel to be back home for a little bit and just reconnect with your family? How has that helped you, you know, just uh, mentally, physically, you know, all those elements to just connect again with family? So, um, I mean, it's very important for us to have a little
2: background where we are, we are in a town, well, it's not even a town, (laughs) like uh, 75 people live here. So there's no stores around in this town. There's pretty much nothing. So if you want to buy something, you have two options. Option number one, drive for 20 minutes. Option number two, just wait, because there's like a van that- Every every, morning or every other day. Every other day, it comes here, goes to the middle square of this little town. And then like uh, the van sells, I don't know, like if you want bread or veggies or fruits, they have everything. So like this van opens the door, and then everyone from the uh, village goes to the main square to buy stuff. It's a great experience. So this is our, place. our
0: yeah. country house. And it is where, uh, where we can, when we want to take out from work or relax, we always come here. Um, even if our parents are here or not, this is our spot to take out from work. Right. or so just relax because it is so calm. No one is here. You can just check out, go for a walk or relax in the patio or, you know, like we really love this, this place and it's where we come when we need to relax. So
2: just relax, lay down, read a lot, just disconnect, check out. It's it's amazing.
0: We love to read. We are reading the whole day. So
2: here it's just so calm and great To It's a great reading place. it an adjustment to be back to Spain, uh, as always, uh, to answer your question. You know, it's, it's always an adjustment, even we're from here. But we used to come just for a couple of months every year. And it's not the same to come here for vacation than um, come here to live. And we love it so much. We uh, really, really appreciate family. It's super important in our life and friends as well, they the happiest possible.
1: (laughs) And that's always great. And that's wonderful. Like I said, it's just family is just so important when you get to disconnect. And you said, it's very important to take that time and to disconnect and uh, just really work on yourself and. Just relax and disconnect by doing things that you are passionate about. And so oftentimes people say it's like, man, it's like you're always working. You've got your regular job and then you're doing this on, on the weekends. But actually, this is like being in my office and doing this is my disconnect because I get to talk with people and learn from other educators and, you know, just to continue Uh, my passion and my drive to better my practice by learning from the best so yeah this is my passion Uh, I'm one of those I can't really sit still or or be reading a lot I always need to just be very active but yeah it's great to be able to disconnect and do those things so let's talk now about this major project I know you had this going on for you know the the last couple of years you said you were doing the consulting you were doing the regular you know school job as well but now you're going full force, you know, with uh, the consulting. And so you, I remember you reaching out to me and you've got this great project that you're going to be, uh, you know, doing and you're sharing, which is the Language Academy. So tell us a little bit about where that kind of came from, you know, what sparked, you know, that specific academy. So let's go ahead and uh, Albert. Well, Alberto, we'll start with you, Alberto. Okay, so pretty much uh, we are full-time consultants now.
0: But um, also we have, we created our Spanish Academy. So our much our uh, education company firm has two uh, pillars. The first pillar is the uh, education consulting part. And the second pillar is the language academy. So we've been teaching Spanish for the last eight years. And we've realized that the way that the Spanish is taught it's not the way we think it should be taught, you know, like to learn a language uh, for us means something else that go to a place to listen at the teacher, how to use the grammar of the language, you know? So we, one day we were talking about it and we said, okay, why not we do what we like the most, which is keep teaching um, Spanish in our own institution. In that way, we create the curriculum, we create the rules, we create the the approach we want to use. So we've been working in this project for the last couple of years, um, designing the curriculum, designing the the approach behind it, designing like all these little, little, little details that makes the difference. So we've been working on that for the last couple of years. And last month or a couple of months ago, we launched. It was like end of June, I think. We launched the academy.
2: And we pretty much work with two uh, type of clients with her. So before that, I would like to point out like how important uh, the culture is for us, because like uh, um, it's not just about like teach a language; it's to teach the culture behind the language. We always say that you cannot learn, you cannot fully understand the language if you don't understand the culture behind the language. Like. It's even with the Spanish, like uh, if you go to Mexico, like the type of communication, it's not the same that you go to Spain. You know, like there are different rules, there are different cultures, and you need to learn that to be able to fully understand what you're talking about. So that cultural piece is missing in pretty much every single classroom around the world that, you know, wants to teach Spanish. So we have incorporated that cultural parts, you know, into our academy with cultural classes, like... Uh, cooking classes, dancing classes, uh, virtual field trips. We want to incorporate all of that culture. So for example, like if we are learning about like a vocabulary or like how to communicate in a supermarket. So we're going to go to the supermarket, buy stuff, and then we're going to cook at home. You know, you're learning Spanish, but then you're learning some Spanish recipes as well. You know, so it's the full, like the full experience. Uh, like a uh, holistic way of teaching a language. Yeah, like a real world holistic way to, to do it. And uh, what Alberto was saying before, like uh, we want to focus this on two different clients, like individuals around the world. Like if someone in, I don't know, USA or Australia or China or Germany wants to learn Spanish, they can sign up. Uh, for our um, uh, academy, or then like institutions. Let's say that there's a district or a school in, I don't know, Texas, for example. Like, I don't know, uh, uh, Kentucky, for example, that they cannot find any Spanish speakers, like native Spanish speakers, to teach Spanish. So they can hire our uh, academy, kind of a way to externalize that language department. So that's you know, the, the main idea.
1: You know, and what I love that you said, you know, even myself growing up here in Texas and I'm deep South Texas, I'm along the side of the border from Mexico. So Spanish was my very first language and I didn't learn English until I was in probably second grade or so that I started becoming a little bit more fluent. But I th- I never thought about this, but I mean, the way that I learned English was really I had to immerse myself in the culture. So I was watching a lot of English TV, like Sesame Street. I was watching, you know, a lot of TV shows, like The Price is Right, a lot of game shows. I was watching a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, what are they called, like Guiding Light. I, oh, my gosh, that that's coming, you know, to my mind. I can't think of what they're called, telenovelas. I forget what they were called in English, like, um, you know, so cool for us kind of of little shows and, and so for me, that's the way that I learned. So I had to immerse myself. But I love that you said that the importance of culture, because a lot of that practice that you're using and that you're speaking about it for for Spanish class is something that is very important to really make those connections and those deep connections to really understand why we're communicating that certain way or why we're using these type of words or, you know, gestures and things of that sort. So we know, and that I think it's something that can be used in any classroom, which is bringing in that culture, that diversity and seeing things from different lenses Uh, and that multicultural approach to education is something that is great to make those real world connections and understanding why we do things a certain way. So I absolutely love that piece. And I want to add like Melissa here, who's joining us from Facebook, she says, you know, she took two years of high school. Uh, Spanish, and that did not help much because I took Spanish just because it was going to be an easy A and I needed a language (laughs) course. But, uh, you know, you really don't they don't immerse you too much in that. It's just really hear your vocabulary words. This is what you're going to recite. You're going to write 10 sentences and that's it. So I love all the components that you're talking about the cooking. You're talking about the dancing. You're talking about, you know, the interactions in the supermarket. And you're immersing the student in that culture, and that is something phenomenal. So I love that.
2: And then the um, how Spanish is taught in in the states is what we know, and um, probably in, around the world too, is very very focused on writing and uh, and reading, reading, grammar, But uh, that's like, that's not going to help you to communicate. So like the main goal of uh, language is uh, communication. So, like, uh, why do we focus on, for example, to say, um, yo ver, for example, yo ver la televisión. That's wrong. Like, like grammatically, like, that's not correct. The verb is not correct. But are you communicating? Yes. So, if you go to Spain and you say yo ver la televisión, they are going to understand you, even if it's not correct. So, we should focus more on that communication. That's what we are doing. And after that, we will... To fix those little grammar, like grammar mistakes, but we need to focus on communication and to build that confidence, you know, to be able to speak. That's, that's very hard.
0: For us, a language is the way to send a message to a listener and the listener understand what you are saying. You are accomplishing what you want to do with a language. And then we will, we will just work on those grammar mistakes. But if the listener is getting the message right and the meaning of the message, you're accomplishing what you want with a language so, so be, that's kind of like an idea in our in our academy like working on that communication piece that it is missing around the world
2: so, so if we be it like a flipped classroom model uh, we do it the opposite so there's one hour where it's independent work where you um, are going to learn about all the grammar all of that stuff right like a about verbs, all of that is in the previous learning. So just by yourself, we have created content, we have created different things where you're gonna learn all of that. And when you come to our face-to-face class, you know, to the actual class, we are not gonna focus on grammar at all. We're gonna focus on communication, on how to use everything you've learned previously to be able to communicate uh, accordingly. So we are spending 100% of the class time in communication and in real examples, not just in grammar and all of that, that you actually can learn it by yourself. Like you don't need, like sometimes like a teacher with you to tell you, you know, the structure of a sentence and all of that. If you create a good content, you can learn that by yourself and then go to the class to to use that in a in a real world example.
1: A meaningful, in a meaningful right? environment. Oh, That's great. I want to add here what Mel said. Uh, Mel, who's joining us from Colombia, by the way. Uh, So Mel, of course, it says she spent a month in Argentina for vacation. And that was definitely an interesting experience with her Spanish. Uh, But yes, communication is number one. And I doubt my grammar is that great. Um, And Melissa, of course, sending like how everything sounds amazing as far as the way that you have structured the course. And, you know, this is what I love that, you know, with education, you know, innovation is not very far away. And you know what you're doing is really you're taking what i learned and what i know as spanish you know spanish class in high school and the probably the same spanish type of class that melissa took where it was just strictly writing and just preparing sentences and things of that sort but taking it to that next level is really something that is great and wonderful and very innovative and even as far as adult learners really helps us to still make those connections. And I love, uh, that aspect of it, that hands on approach to everything that you're saying and the, the modality that you're bringing, which I think is something that is wonderful and very beneficial to all types of learners. And so I'm really excited about this project that you've got going on. So, so tell us a little bit more as, as far as now your, how you're expanding, I know, like you said, now you're doing the. The consulting full-time right now you're based in spain so is really are you focusing you know a lot of that piece too on that i online asynchronous approach uh, you know as opposed to you know doing like the one-on-one face-to-face you know so tell us a little bit about that
0: so we are going to we're based in spain right now but we're gonna keep working with a lot of like um institutions from the united states so you can go to our web, website and check our upcoming events. So we are going to go to, to um, United States like pretty much every month to participate in different events, to facilitate trainings, to do coaching in different districts and schools. Actually, next month we'll be in uh, Texas, in Houston. So we'll be there. So pretty much we're going to be uh, like traveling a lot to the States to keep in touch with those uh, clients, those are uh, our community in the United States, and then we're gonna to try to expand our business here in Europe and Middle East. And we're gonna keep working with with a lot of people in the states because that's where our our business was was born. And we want to keep in touch with those people that
2: we've been working for for so many years. And then same with the academy, like we our bodies uh, and when, and we have different uh, students from. USA and like other places around the world. So the only, like the only bad part of that is the, the time change that we have, uh, some classes at, I don't know, 8 PM, uh, 9 PM, 2 AM, 2 AM, you know, because with those clients, I mean, those are students in Asia and all of that. But like, you know, we always say that if, if you want something, you need to work for that, so. It's very, very important to just work as hard as we can. And if we need to wake up at 2 AM one day, it's totally fine.
1: I love that. And I love that work ethic, that connection that you have. And you're absolutely right. You know, servicing all of your wonderful students everywhere, because again, there's a lot of need everywhere. And of course with Spanish. So let let me, and this is a question that I kind of skipped, but I want to know as far as Spanish is concerned. Is this one of those languages that you're seeing that, you know, is really expanding all around the world, at least from what I've heard and what I've understood from uh, a friend of mine who actually took a trip to Paris and they said, you know, I was I I speak English, but I found that when I spoke Spanish, people kind of looked at her a little bit different and, and were a little bit maybe I would say kinder. Then, you know, to those that she saw when they were speaking English and so on. So I, w- I want to understand as far as, you know, because I'm not in Europe, I haven't visited Europe, but in your area, do you see that Spanish is really taking off and growing? Yeah, we see that
0: in Europe, uh, but especially we, we were super surprised when we started working with uh, with China. Like there are many, many, many people from China that want to learn Spanish. Asia in general. Asia in general. It's just like, it is crazy. Like the amount of people that want to learn Spanish around the world. And as far as was saying, like we, we get like, um, we have people from all over the world uh, with this crazy schedule that we have right now. But it is, it, that means that the Spanish is expanding like crazy. And now I think a lot of people started learning a new language during the pandemic when they couldn't go out, when they stay at home, because they needed to fill their time with something, right? They need to just use their time to do something because um, they were stuck at home. So a lot of people started to learn a new language during that time. And then I think that was the beginning of something of this growth of Spanish and other languages, because people started in the pandemic and now uh, they're continuing that and
2: more people are just kind of like jumping into learning. And your language. But I don't think it's all, I mean, that's, that's super important, but I think there's this other trend that like a lot of people are learning Spanish. It's, I don't know why, but like people and the society is giving uh languages more importance than before. And probably it is because now we work in a, gl- like a global wo- world even more and like people work. Globally, like you can have in the same company, even in the same department, people from USA, Argentina, Europe, and Thailand, you know, like just working closely in the same department. Sometimes you need English, but sometimes if you want to reach those new clients that you can reach now and you couldn't reach like 20 years ago, you need a new language. And it could be Spanish or French or like any other language, Portuguese. So I think people are starting to realize in the society that Languages now are more important than ever because, you know, it's not for vacation or just to go to a Spanish restaurant or Mexican restaurant and order in Spanish. Like if you actually want to reach new clients or if you want to expand your business, it's super, super important that you speak more than one language. Or even for traveling, a lot of people like are learning a new language because they want to
0: start traveling and be immersed in the culture because using the language that you, uh, of the country you travel to. That opens a lot of doors for you, opens you the possibility to engage with that local community more than you yes. just
2: speaking English. And the flexibility to work from everywhere. We have some students that, like, they are in our academy learning Spanish because they want to move to South America, you know, uh, because they work online or they want to move to Spain because they are, they are going to work online. Remotely. Remotely. So, like, not work from everywhere. Why not work from a different place and have a great experience, you know, like a new adventure. So we are seeing that being a trend and we really think that it's going to even grow more in in the future.
1: Yeah, And I see that, like you said, it's very important, that global connection. And as a matter of fact, what was it, two days ago, I had a a little meeting uh, with a gentleman uh, who was asking just some things about podcasting. And he reached out to me on WhatsApp through a Spanish group that I'm part of. And he was reaching out to me in Spanish on WhatsApp. so we, we were going back and forth. But then when we met, he was talking perfect English. And then he's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm from New Jersey, but I live in Tlaxcala. so he's wor- he's working out of Mexico, and he's doing some tech work over there for a business. but he's he's in education, but he also does English classes in Mexico. And I was like, you know, this is something that is amazing. And it just kind of with what you were saying, where you don't know the, I mean, the possibilities and the doors that open up by knowing a second or a third language where you can actually, it can take you where you can work from and where you can go ahead and even continue to grow and help those around you in that community, as you learn their languages and their cultures, they learn a little bit about your language, your culture as well. And it just becomes that, you know connectedness and that's the amazing part of just being able to connect globally so uh, yeah i agree with you 100 on the importance of languages now and the ease of use now as far as you know your academy uh and resources and the work that you all are doing it's you know pd at your fingertips like my friend josh uh says you know there really isn't an excuse out there because There's so much information that is out there. So that's wonderful that you're doing all that work. Now, aside from the Spanish, you know, Academy that we've been focusing on, what are like for anybody that's going to be listening and rewatching this? What other services do you offer through um, the E-Twins Consulting Service? So
2: we uh, focus pretty much everything, uh, like digital transformation is our main focus, but like I would say that what makes us a little different is that we don't focus on the tool. Like uh, we've seen uh, many, many times webinars, like the 10, 20 best tools for blank, you know, whatever. So we really run away from that perspective. We don't, I mean, it's great if you are doing that, congratulations. We are not saying that you shouldn't. Like, it's just, we don't like that approach. Like, uh, we don't focus on tools. We focus on creating learning experiences for students. Like, using those tools in a way that pedagogy makes sense. You know, like, you cannot just um, go to a professional development and show the 10 new tips of blank, you know, like could be, I don't know, Microsoft Teams, with Classroom, whatever tool, right? Like, because the teachers can go back to the classroom and I say like, now what? I don't know what to do, right? Like, so you need to provide to those teachers like a, a way, for example, to use Microsoft Teams, with Classroom to create meaningful experience and to engage students in a blended, blended learning uh, environment, for example, or like an online environment. You need to help those teachers to create You know, all of those learning experiences. And that is super, super important.
0: So pretty much we do from coaching to teachers, one-to-one, all the way to full, like, cultural, really important, cultural and digital transformation of schools or institutions. So we really believe that uh, by the use, the right use of technology, we can change a lot of things. Um, we really believe that technology allowed us to to do to create learning experiences that we couldn't even imagine 20 years ago. So that's what um we, we believe in, using that technology in a meaningful way, as Mario was saying, to create these learning environments. To give you an example, when all this like, COVID happened, the pandemic, everyone or, pre- or pretty much everyone went online. Um a lot of people were offering uh, PDs on um, 10 uh, best features of Microsoft Teams, you know, and we were focusing on, okay, how to use those, those features to engage the learners online. It's not just what you can do with Microsoft Teams, it's how you use Microsoft Teams or whatever to create these meaningful learning experiences, these meaningful learning environments where you can engage the the student or you can develop the 21st century
2: skills or the future ready skills of the student, not just the tool, what you can do with the tool. And pretty much also focus on a student-centered approach. Just like how to transfer that power from the teachers to the student, you know, like how teachers can talk less in their lessons. And you know, have a students just creating all of that, just giving them some purpose, giving them the tools to be able to explore that content. Through podcasting, we have like a um sessions on podcasting, filmmaking, uh, uh, I love PBL, project-based learning, whatever is related to PBL. Like we love that as well. So like it's just we offer like a wide variety of of uh, professional development, but not just you know, focus on the tool or on the like a technology part.
1: Excellent. I love that. And I I just want to give a shout out to Alex Isaacs also, who's joining us and Josh Tovar. And Alex right here, you know, says, I like the idea of focusing on the end goal and then creating the experience with the tech tool. There you go. That's really great. And you're absolutely right. You know, I, I, you know, and these are things that that are out there and, you know, yes, we need to know the tools. And, and, you know, recently I kind of started even changing the language as far as even saying like tools, it's rather like more of, you need to know your instrument because oftentimes you know you can go from tool to tool you know if i bring out a hammer i'm going to use it one time and it's going to solve my problem but for platforms i really like to really dive in deep to a lot of platforms and see the possibilities that it has and even creating ways of using it maybe how it wasn't intended to but it still works for what you're trying to do and you're trying to achieve and i think now with so much tech A lot of, you know, teachers can be very overwhelmed and a lot of teachers also get very excited that they just hop from platform to platform to platform to platform when sometimes even some of the the platforms may do the exact same thing. But because of one additional little button that really doesn't, you know, add to the pedagogy or anything at all or to the final result, but because of that one little thing. They go into that. And for myself, it's always you need to learn the platform as an instrument. And what I mean by that is when you're doing piano or guitar lessons, you really need to know your scales, you know the theory behind it, you know how it's going to work and the beautiful melody that if you practice, the beautiful melody that you can create and you can be that composer in your classroom to lead your students, you know, as that conductor where they take off and they start building their melodies. And then, so oftentimes it's like we have a bag of tools, and well, I've got one tool for this, and one tool for that, and one tool for this, and one tool for that. And it could be very overwhelming. But like I said, I absolutely love your practice, and I love that thinking process, the end goal in mind, and seeing how you can actually really uh, embed that practice to enhance learning experiences. Yes, I'm sorry for interrupting, but like
2: what you said, it's super, super important. You know, just focusing on the approach and not the tool. Just use it as an instrument, you know, to learn everything else. Um, I remember one district that they wanted to use a platform. I'm not going to say the name, but they wanted to use a platform for individualized learning and they contact us and they were like, okay, we want you to teach us um, teachers how to use this platform to coach them for individualized learning and we were like, well, you started off like very wrong. Like first, you know, just have your teachers in a professional development, you know, like you need to train your teachers. In all of the individualized learning approaches or strategies that are possible and then you need to give your teachers these 10 15 20 different strategies for individualized learning that they can use with paper and pencil easily once they have mastered that once they know how to use that approach those strategies with you know like a Without technology, now is when you can just implement the, the platform because now it's going to be super easy for them. They're going to keep doing the same that they did before using those strategies. But now you have the tool to empower all of that. always come
1: first and always comes first. Always comes first. Exactly. So I love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you all. And this has been just an amazing, amazing conversation. And I'm really excited, guys, seriously, for this this next endeavor that you're doing, which is something that you've already been doing, but now you're dedicating your time to it and to your craft and to the wonderful things that you're doing as far as uh, implementing digital transformation, now the Language Academy. And all the multiple ways that you are able to help our educators to continue to grow and to sprinkle on that amazing, awesome sauce that you guys bring to what they already do great and take it to the next level. So as always, I'm very thankful for each and every single one of you, uh, you know, for what you're doing. So keep doing the great work. And I do want to say I will probably be seeing you uh, in Houston At that conference because I'm definitely going to make my way up there to go uh, and do some more learning and uh, of course getting to see some wonderful people such as yourself and uh, you know seeing you all in real life and sharing some of that new Maya Tech Life swag for you all. (laughs) We would love to have some. We have the one that you gave us in in TCA so hopefully in TCCA we can get some more. Oh yeah, of course, most definitely. All right, guys, but before we wrap up, this is one of my favorite segments of the show and of course, it's for my uh my friend Josh who's right here. He says drop the crypto carnal billboard and everything. <laughs> this is his favorite segment here and so I guess what we'll do is we'll we'll take turns because it may be different for both or maybe if you do agree, then you could just say okay, yeah, I agree with that. But right now, question number one that I always love to ask is in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Um, so what we don't like or what we don't know? No, what, what, yeah. Like what you don't like. You know, what is it that, kind of like, like Superman, like, you know, they bring that kryptonite and it just yes. makes them weak and you're like, oh no, 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 I don't want to.
2: to, to me, uh,
1: textbooks,
0: I, I don't believe that just one material can be good for uh, like 100,000 100, students across the country. Um, I think it's a good beginning, but to me, textbooks is um, sometimes
2: they harm more than help, my own opinion. And this is a controversial opinion, but like... My my opinion was controversial too. Right? <laughs> and standardized tests. Like, I'm not saying they are not needed. Like, of course, we need a tool to be able to measure where our students are. And we need a tool to be able to see if what we are doing is working. But I don't believe that, like, uh, the standardized tests are designed in a way that they prove if a student is failing or not. You know, like, there are many things because you don't know your science curriculum, it doesn't mean that you're a bad student. You know, there are like so many things that a standardized test doesn't grade and more important than than the uh, science curriculum for sure. And they don't measure that. So like we are s- telling a student that it's not good enough to be able to be in, the, in that grade or in our education system when that student maybe is excelling at other things that that test doesn't measure.
0: If we go back to, I don't know if you have read the report that it is called The Future of Jobs is by the World Economic Forum and they create the top skills that the students will need in the future to succeed in our our society and in in, uh, their job as well. And if we look at those 10 top skills, like all the standardized, standardized tests that we our students are taking right now, they don't, you know, they don't measure any of those skills that are gonna be in the top 10 for the next 20, 30 years. So if we put those together, we realize that we are doing something wrong.
1: Excellent. Oh, great answers. I love it. And I agree with both of you on those 100%. Now, before we go to the next question, I wanna address uh, Alex Isaacs. He had a question here.
2: We kind of started our own show <laughs> now.
1: Welcome. You guys have your own show. Sorry about that. Click <laughs> click the, the wrong button here, but I wanted to address Alex Isaacs here who had a question that says, how do you balance promotion on socials considering you have individual and joint accounts?
0: Well, that's such a great question. That's such a great question. Uh, we uh, struggled at the beginning uh, about that. And I think, um, more like when we do content together, all everything goes to the joint account. Like we do, uh, we post on our Instagram, we create videos, we write blog posts. We are going to go uh, to any event. All that goes to the joint account and we retweet using our individuals. But when there is something individual, for example, I've been uh, researching about a topic and I find that really, really cool um, document or report I want to share. I shared that with my own account because I've been working on that. If Mario reads an article really interest,
2: uh, interesting about whatever, gamification, for example, he and posts it. Or when we used to teach, like, uh, for example, if I did something in my classroom, you know, that it was very cool, that project that I wanted to share, like it was on my own account. It's a good
1: question. It was, it was hard to find the balance, honestly. <laughs> There you go. Well, there you go, Alex. Thank you for so much for that question. Wonderful question. All right, here we go. The next question, gentlemen. And so I'm going to add two answers here. All right. And this time we'll go ahead and start with Mario and then we'll go with Alberto. But the question is, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? (laughs) Like related to education? It could be related to anything. Like, give me a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything.
2: My Venmo my handle. That's my Venmo <laughs> handle.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. I don't know. I would say, uh, um, I, I really like a sentence related to education that it's, it's something like, uh, let's stop teaching thinking in the past and start teaching thinking in the future. Uh, because I really think that like, we are very stuck in the future and like in the past. And like, we are already teaching, you know, like, for my opinion, you know, 10 years behind where we should be. So if we think about that, you know, in relation with all of the skills and like uh, working places, like uh, there's like a 30 years gap, because like if we're teaching right now, looking at the past, like how we used to teach 10 years ago, and those students are going to graduate from high school in 15 years, that means that it's like a 25 years gap that our students are gonna go to the uh to their workplace, you know, to find a job with a 25 years gap. So I think we really need to fix that. And I like that. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. And also it's like we could have another hour talking about this, but universities, college, um, colleges around the country need to stop thinking in the past and stop teaching the future teachers. Um you know, or the things we used to yeah, or like teaching them or kind of like uh, training those future teachers with the things that we used to do because we are getting new teachers that they don't know how to teach thinking in the future.
1: Oh, I agree with that 100%. How about you, Alberto? Uh, To me, um, stop
0: fighting. I don't (laughs) the, the mind, like in the last five, six years, we've seen a lot of fighting over social media, over like pretty much everything. So, and we really believe in kindness, so I think that um, it's not that hard to to be kind. It's not that hard to try to um, to try to listen at uh, each other. Uh, it's not that hard to try to understand other people's point of view. And I think sometimes as teachers we ask the students to do something that we as adults we don't do. Right? We ask the students to be kind, to not yell at each other, to be empathetic, to try to understand other people's point of view. And we, as adults, we don't do it right it is we cannot ask a student time by yelling at them, you know, if there is, there is. So I think like that would be mine and uh, trying to as adults
2: to be the example, the role model of the students. And I like that comment. Can we make you a question? Can we answer,
1: answer you one
2: him. question each?
1: Yes, actually. So that's the next question. Oh, okay. So yeah. usually yeah. the way that we end the show. Is now let's pretend that this was the E-Twins podcast this morning. And I was a guest I was a guest on the e Twin show. And so I always ask my guests, what would be one question you'd like to ask me if I was your guest? So this time we'll start with Alberto and then we'll go to Mario. So Alberto, what would be one question you'd like to ask me if I was well, on I the I E-Twins can... podcast? Um, I, my question would be, if you can uh, pick just one what? thing you can do the
0: rest of your life as your job something that makes you super happy, your dream job. And, um, you know, like there is this this quote that people say that when you work in something that you really, really are passionate about and it doesn't seem like a job, right? So what that for you? Something that uh, makes you happy every day, that would uh, make you uh, wake up super excited every day?
1: It, it, honestly, it's going to be this. Doing a podcast, yeah. doing a show, Doing it if I could do this for a living, and and because I love to connect and meeting people such as yourselves that are passionate and and just really giving a platform to all types of educators from different backgrounds just to share their voice and share their ideas. I, I know that the internet is huge and we have so many ways of sharing things on social media, but you know sometimes uh, you know just to be able to give them an extra place where they can go and just open up and be sincere about their thoughts behind education, about, you know, how they see education, how it should move forward in the future, or even how to help others based on their experiences. This right here would be it. Mainly just connecting educators, education professionals, and creators one show at a time. Every Saturday morning, I wake up and I'm like, I get to do something that I love that disconnects me from you know, my real job and this actually relaxes me and, uh, I, and I love what I learned because I become a better person by it and countless of other thousands, uh, thousands of listeners that watch or listen to the show take what you say and they find that little gem, that little nugget, that little inspiration that for many of them could be that little spark that they need to continue to fan that flame or it can actually be that gasoline that just turns them on again to the world of education and, and lights up that passion again. So for me, this would be it. This right here, what we're doing, this would be it. That's that's amazing. amazing. That's a great answer. Thank you. All right. My,
2: Mario, your turn. Do you have a question uh, for me? Yeah, of course. Like um if you could interview uh you have two interviews. One interview like you can interview someone from the past like could be death, you know, like it could be like someone from history like a very important mm-hmm. history or whoever you want, uh, who would that be? And then you have another opportunity to interview someone who's alive, like at present time. Like who those two people, uh, who would they be?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. I've never thought about that one as far as who from the past or somebody that is uh, deceased who I would like to interview. Um, Actually, no, you know what? I would just really love to interview. Albert Einstein, and that's the first person that came to mind right now, just because he was seen as somebody that was very different, very unusual, very different thoughts and ideas during that time. And let's be honest for yourselves, myself and other countless educators that are out there, sometimes even within our own, you know, I don't want to say family, but like our own schools, maybe even our own families may think like, man, This guy is like way out there. And so I just love his thought process, the way that he just, you know, went against the grain. And oftentimes that's not really well received. And so I would love to interview him and ask him what his thoughts were, like what would go through his mind when he would propose either his theories or he would share things and you get people saying like, oh, this guy is nuts. This guy is crazy because they just didn't understand at the time, or they didn't make it a point to want to understand. And oftentimes we just don't give people, uh, that opportunity to try and understand where they're coming from and see things through their lens. And I think oftentimes we will learn more about that, uh, as far as holding off on passing judgment quickly. And really listen to what they're trying to say and getting to the root of what they're sharing. And that could be something that would be great. So that would be my one from the past, Albert Einstein. My one from now that I would love to interview, and I've said it several times and and I'm hoping that one day she'll listen and hear the podcast or somebody maybe that you know may know her or something is Kathy Hackle. Kathy Hackle is a woman who is an amazing innovator. She is very well known in the metaverse space and Web3 space. She is one of the the forefront uh, women in tech when it deals with that space. And they even named her or dubbed her the godmother of the metaverse because of the work that she's doing. And why I would love to interview her is just because of the ideas and the experiences that she has, but also because I would just love to ask her as well to see if we can work on making that connection with education. I feel like there's many educators that are out there, you know, that are trying to bring in or, you know, tie in the Web3 space into education. And it's going great. The conversations are there. But I think that You know, within educators, we always need to use our resources. So why not go to the top of the top, the people that are already there, even though it may be in a business setting, but just to glean their ideas and see how we can marry them with education. Because I love what Mario was saying. We need to start teaching our teachers and our kids for the future, you know, and not, you know, still teach them the way that we learned in the past. So those would be my two favorite interviews that I would love to do. So if we ever meet her, we'll tell her. <laughs> please, <laughs> if you ever meet her, please tell her. I know that she is, she goes to Spain often. I know I, see, I follow her on, on LinkedIn. and She's always <laughs> posting where she's meeting, you know, with wonderful leaders. So if you ever run into her or just say, hey, there's this guy in Texas that has been wanting <laughs> to interview you, that would be great.
2: That would be her. Thank you, Mike. Oh, yes.
1: So thank you. Thank you so much, Mario and Alberto. I really appreciate your time. More than anything, honestly, I appreciate your passion because what you do and what you continue to do really helps me as an educator to get in, continually get inspired, to continually try and innovate my practice, and more importantly, to continue to learn and learn from different perspectives. And I definitely learned a lot today that I can sprinkle onto my practice to continue to grow and bring that knowledge also to our teachers that that way they can have an impact on students. So thank you so much. And before we go, uh, Mario Alberto, please let our audience members know that are watching right now, currently, or they will be rewatching or relistening. Uh, what's the best way that they can go ahead and get in contact with you. So I would say
2: our uh two websites. Uh, one is etwins.com. Um, E-T W I N Z dot com. Uh, explain why, why is Z, because a lot of people say, Why are you you guys are not e twins with eggs? So it's because our two last names. Like we are Erraed, like a raid like uh um h-e-r-r-e-z, and our second last name is Velázquez, which both of them ends in Cs, uh Z. So that's why like we put like E twins with a Z, because it's like a and then like we are from Spain, so where Z is like this sound like zapato, and you guys say zapato, So it's something that's different as well. So that has like a lot of meaning. So yeah, itwins.com um, for our consulting website, and then the academy is etwinsacademy.com So those are the uh, two websites. So if you uh, want to learn Spanish, just um, contact us, and we offer a free class. Like uh, just you can try try it out, and maybe you say, okay, this is not for me. Like I didn't enjoy it or whatever. But it's You know, like, just give it a try and see if you want to learn Spanish with us.
0: Also, if you're an institution that would want to externalize the language department, we do that. And for the consulting part all our upcoming events are in our website. So if we are going next to you, where you live, you can always, like, travel or or sign up for that conference and, and see us presenting there. Also, if you want to bring us to your district or your institution, just contact us through our website.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mario and Alberto. It has been an honor and a pleasure. And to all of you that joined us today, Alex Isaacs, Josh Tovar, uh, Amanda Macias, I know Mel was here, uh, Melissa Somerford. Uh, thank you so much. And to all of those that will be listening to the, the show afterwards or watching the show, thank you as always. Please make sure that you share it. Make sure that you follow us on all socials at MyEdTech.Live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, Make sure you visit our website also, myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can catch this episode and all our previous episodes that I guarantee you that you will find something wonderful and great for your education practice uh, that you can sprinkle onto what you're already doing great. And as always, thank you for your support. Please make sure you visit our store. We have a sale that's going on through Sunday, uh, 20% off on all of your orders, 20% off. So make sure you support our mission and our vision and our passion to connect educators and creators one show at a time go ahead and pick yourself up a cap or a shirt Um, you know that way you can contribute to this mission and be part of this mission because everybody that contributes is part of my ed tech life as i say this is a wonderful and the best plf for my personal learning family and i thank you all as always from the bottom of my heart for all of your support so thank you guys for joining us today and until next time my friends don't forget stay techie we'll see you all next time